Hey guys, just Josh here. Welcome to Ballarat Talks. Proudly sponsored by the Region Cinema. Jeez, you, yeah, you, yeah. you put the balls on the line there. Yeah, I was. <laughs> just, just, just. No, I moved, I moved out of home when I was 14, so it sort of comes really? my face. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys, with Nick Grilovich. Alright, today's guest, he's a, uh, a passionate member of the Ballarat community and perhaps uh, most well known for his role as director of the prominent land development company Integra. His work with Integra has created numerous housing estates and is currently creating Ballarat suburb Lucas. In addition to his development work, he is a dedicated family man, also known for his work with the Ballarat Basketball Association as a board member and past player for the Ballarat Miners. Welcome Nick Grilovich to Ballarat Talks. Thanks very much, Josh. Who wrote that? Do you know who wrote that? I don't. Any guesses? You'll listen to this too. I was thinking it was Sporto, but... uh, No. No, I don't know. Big Bad Matt Richardson. Richo. Big Bad Richo. Bless his soul. Good work, Richo. Um, Talk to me. So, what have you been up to? How's how's things been with COVID? Yeah, we've been busy. Um, Obviously, property industry... um, you know, has been really strong through COVID, a lot of regional migration. It's gone ridiculous. So, um, you know, people are flooding out of the cities to the regions, mm. um, looking for the lifestyle change, yep. a bit of affordability. Um, is it getting yeah. too unaffordable though? Like, what do you think is happening with the market now in Ballarat? It, like, it's it, getting... It is. It's, it's, it's off the charts everywhere though. Mm. Um, if you look at Melbourne, you know, median house price is over a million dollars now, Geelong 700 and Ballarat's tipping 500. So That's we're crazy. still affordable compared to those places mm-hmm. but you know when you're seeing 20 percent housing growth in 12 months you know it's unsustainable so there will yeah. be some kind of softening and correction at some point do you reckon it'll pull back or just go sideways uh look we think you know ballarat's really well positioned to continue to grow yep. um and um you know now lockdowns finished for the melburnians we're getting a lot of inquiry for people and the biggest game changer out of COVID is the ability to work remotely now you yeah. know and, and the acceptance of that yep um you know people who who live here and live regionally now are being told by their bosses you don't have to come to melbourne five days a week come down two days and stay at home we, we don't want you on the train for three or four hours each day makes more sense we can make so yep. much more productive yep. so you know that that's a really good sign to keep people regionally and, and you know to, to sort of get a vibrant Ballarat, mm. keep a vibrant Ballarat. I think it's a real opportunity for Ballarat, to be honest. I reckon I love it here. It's, yeah, oh, it's good. Um, where'd you grow up? Where what's? Yeah, I grew up in um, Albury Wodonga. Okay. Um, so yeah, I've I, I moved to Ballarat close to twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what for? Um, yeah, to to be closer to my wife's family. So we met in Melbourne. Um, she moved up to Albury to study physiotherapy. Um, so she spent four years up there and then I was ready for a change as well. I've been there most of my life and yep. um, we felt it was time to move back to be closer to her family. We, we got engaged and were looking at starting a family. Um, I really liked Ballarat. It was very similar to Albury Wodonga, you know, approximately 100,000 people. Yep. When I moved here, you'd, you'd walk down the street and, and you'd get to know people. You'd, you'd walk in a place, you'd say hi, you'd know them. I really liked that. I, I never really liked, you know, like the, Melbourne, the, the don't city know life yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Or, or even Geelong, you know, mm-hmm. we don't feel part of something. So, yeah. um, and I, I felt there was even just a few more opportunities in Ballarat than there was in Albury-Wodonga. You know, it's a bit more vibe, a bit more connected to the city. Mm. Um, so, yeah, really loved, loved the heritage. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we've been settled here now and... Um, 
you know, it took me a few years to get used to the weather, but now when I go home to Aubrey, I say it's too hot, you know. Yeah, well, that's that's true. Like, I, I always just say to people, it's four. You get four seasons here. That's yeah. just it. It's yeah. where you, you get to wear a hoodie. You get yeah. to wear a singlet sometimes. Yeah, exactly. You know uh, I, mean? I love it. I, I was a bit of a river rat, though. I grew up on the Murray River. Oh, yeah? So, I'm, I'm going there this weekend. So, I, um, I, I do miss the river, mm. um, but, you know, I, I get home when I can. How often do you, like, skiing and that? Yeah, water skiing, skiing and yeah. yeah all sorts of things so up in albury there's there's a really big lake called lake hume um where you can ski for 27 kilometers wow it's amazing so um bit yeah and a bit, of, bit of river skiing yeah yeah we went we went to go to um troy's got a place in deep creek yeah yeah, I know. So yeah. To, have you been there no i, I know all about it though yeah. oh yeah, yeah it's riffing spot so we i've been to deep creek marina been, yeah. yeah it's yeah. a nice spot um especially around this weekend though yeah has he got a boat Yep, yep. got a boat. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully we get out of that on the weekend. Yeah. So when I finished year 12, me and three of my mates bought a boat together. So we spent a lot of, <laughs> a lot of time <laughs> out. Uh, we bought it off um, my mate's old man. He wasn't too keen to sell it to us at first. But, um, yeah, we had some adventures. Um, how did that, that, how'd you divvy it up? Where did it stay? Yeah, it just stayed there. They, they, they had accommodation already. Okay. Uh, it was something like 10 grand. We all put in three grand each. And yep. it was pretty fun, though. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, yeah, so from... Before you moved here, what were you doing back home? Back home? Yeah, um, look, I was working uh, up there. I was doing a lot of contracting for Uncle Ben's, which is Mar- the Mars Group. Oh, yeah, yep. So up up there at Uncle Ben's, they, that's where they make the dog and cat food. Oh, yeah. So Pal and Whiskers and that. And I was fortunate enough, I was working with an engineering firm and we did a lot of contract work for the R&D area. So um, uh, that was nice, good work. Um, mm. There was a lot of money um, thrown at research at that time, so... Yep. Uh, it was a bit better than the dog dog food factory, which smelt a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that was really good. I was exposed to the Mars Group and and everything there, and um, and I had an amazing boss um, who took me under his wing at a young age. Yeah. And pushed me along, which was great. Yeah. And then uh, moved down here and um, and started working at Roadcom, which is now Integra. Oh, so that was cool, Roadcom. For what what yeah. why the name change? What was the yeah, so my father-in-law started um, the business many, many years ago. He, he, he used to work at Vic Roads and then he went out on his own um, doing road contracting. Yep. So like, uh, uh, is that like making roads and that? Or what? Yeah, correct. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he, he, he did a bit of work here on the Ballarat Bypass and Hume Freeway. Uh, lots of little jobs. He worked all the way up from Mildura, you know, anywhere within four or five hours of Ballarat. And, and he built quite a, you know, fleet of equipment and plant. Yep. And then um, some of the Vic Roads work is quite seasonal, the road work, so they shut down over winter. So he started doing some small property developments on the side during winter to keep his guys and his equipment busy. Yep. So he bought a pine plantation up in Ballarat North, and, and oh. that was his first um, subdivision, which was called Lakeview Heights. So knocked it over, filled in all the mine shafts and, and built built all the roads. And Wow. That's how the business developed. And, and I came in when uh, I moved to Ballarat when the property arm of the business was just starting to get going and that was where my interest mm-hmm. really was, not in the road contracting. And, and um, uh, that's where it all started yeah, at Integra. Right. Wow. What did you ever... Like, did you want to do that when you were growing up, engineering and stuff, or what was your... Um, look, I, I, I always wanted to be an architect yeah. and, and I still do. And, and I'm quite committed to going back to doing that one day. You still do want to do it. Yeah. So I studied wow. mechanical engineering. I, was, I, I kind of got pushed into that um, through my, my work there at um, Uncle Ben's. Um, and that engineering sets you up really well. I, I, I liked maths and physics through school. I hated English. Yeah. Um, it's so a hard subject to go through, isn't it? Like in terms of like the work. 
to go yeah. and do it. Yeah. And at the time, I was trying to be a professional sportsman. I didn't quite make it to the top level with basketball, and, and I was hanging on to that for a while. So I actually studied university by correspondence, which was quite hard mm. through Monash. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my, yeah, I love, I, I really love architecture. I've designed a lot of homes, and, and now I'm designing new communities which is what I absolutely love. So it sort of combines everything. What do you mean you can be like, what, what do we, like, yeah, so like? when, you know, when we look at Lucas, you know, it's, it's all about what's the arrival experience for people, you know, um, parks, parks need to be yep. connected and, and, um, with walking trails and where do we put the schools and, um, these gathering places and spaces for the community and things like that. So that, yeah, I, it's called urban design and, and master planning. And that's what I love doing. That's your that's, passion. That's my role. Wow. Um, okay. Integra. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. And you want to go back to school for it though? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm committed to going back at some point to do some architecture. Yeah. Oh my God. What's What's your day to day look like at, at work now? Yeah. Pretty for for me, I like to get up and get some exercise in to clear yeah. the mind. Um, I like to get moving. So sort of, I'm not a great sleeper, so I'm up pretty early. So. During COVID, I just walked a lot. Mm-hmm. I just sort of committed to walking 10,000 steps a day yep. on top of my other regime. So to do that most mornings. So I like to walk from home down to the bottom of Sturt Street and back. Yeah, it's fair walk. Yeah, get a coffee along the way somewhere and um, walk home. That sits me up well, gets the, the old aches and aches cracks and out of the, ba- yeah. out of yeah. the body. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we, we sort of head in 7.30, 8 o'clock to work and... Um, and it's pretty back to back there at the moment. We're very busy, you know. We're um, with the year we've had with property, you know, we're we've got twelve months worth of work ahead of us. So we're trying to keep up, and mm. you know, um, materials and people and resourcing is really tra- challenging at the moment. So yeah. trying to, so, yeah. So your role is you get to work, and then is it just meeting after meeting, or what are you? Where are you? Uh, at times, you know, it's putting out a few fires. Uh, yeah. At times, um, yeah, I work in project development, so. Basically, once we once we buy a new site, my role is to get it up and get it going and designed and get all the permits in place. Mm. So yeah, I'm working with planners and consultants and landscape architects and that daily on our new projects. Yep. Um, Do you find that's the hardest part, as in like council I love permits it though. and that? Yeah, you know, working with councillors, it's okay. It's challenging at times, but yep. um, you know, it, it's good. It's good. It's good fun work. I love it. Um, and then you know, my partner. Um, he sort of rolls through project develop delivery. Then you know is is through construction sales and um, business development and things like that. So, mm. what time do you finish at night? Are you like a um, very very late? Mm, like you, you, not too bad. No, sort of seven or eight. Work life balance. Are you good with that? At the not? moment, with COVID, we've just been working hard. Yeah. You know, um, you know. People are buying homes. They're they're making some of the biggest investments in their lives, and it's really important for us that we make sure that that's delivered on time. Um, you know, because we're we're selling stuff now that's twelve months ahead, and with you know we're coming out of a really wet winter, yep. so things are a bit behind. There's material shortages, so it's making sure. And at the moment, with some of that stuff, you know, prices of housing are going up monthly at the moment, so. We don't want to put that burden on people, so it's it's about getting the program right and getting it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there hasn't been much else to do. I've just been working. Yeah, it's full. You on. know, um, but for me, it's not work. It's it's something I love and passionate about, and mm. I don't find it hard. No. Do um, 
Do you have any recommendations for anyone that wants to get into developing? Is there like a... So I remember the first time I met you. Do you remember the first time I met you? Yeah. At the gym and yeah, I yeah, sat yeah, down yeah, and I yeah, was yeah, like, we, yeah, I was like, oh, what do you, what do, you do with this up? And you said, oh, a little bit of developing. And then I didn't, like, I had no idea that what you did. And then um, what, what did, I think I asked you, like, I wouldn't mind doing a, a couple of little developments, but I don't know. I think you said it was getting really, really hard with banks and it's a really, really hard thing to get into now compared to what it was back in the day. Is that, like, what's your recommendation for anyone trying to do any sort of developing projects or not yeah, step it's, on your toes? Um, it's challenging uh, right now because, you know, it feels like there's going to be, so um, price growth, you know, buying properties are very expensive at the moment. It mm-hmm. feel, you know, it feels like they're overpriced, um, but there's still demand for these properties is, is exceeding supply. So that's why the prices are up. Gotcha. You know, like last month we had 230 inquiries and we only released 30 blocks of land. Oh my God. So obviously that's pushing pricing. Up. Um, there will be a softening at some point. So it's a matter of doing the right due diligence, finding the right property. Yep. Um, you know, during the last couple of years, everyone's saying, you know, there's good money to be made, but th- there's a lot of risk in property development as well. So you got to be really careful. Yeah. Um, risk is do the feasibility, same. sensitivities around all that. So, yep. um, yeah, yeah, ev- everyone wants to be a property developer. Well, that's so. what I think. Yeah, I think everyone wants to be a property developer. That's yeah. just like you don't quite understand. So if I throw a scenario at you, right? Say you buy a block of land with a house on it, 1,000 square meters. Yeah. You say you want to subdivide the back off. Um, I want from you a what can i expect so like fees wise we'll start with that one what, what can you expect fees wise when you develop a house or develop the back of a house off or something yeah a whole range so you, you'll need to do a planning permit to subdivide the land uh, apply to council so you'll need a town planning report mm-hmm. um for, on a smaller subdivision like that might be three to five thousand dollars yep. you'll need a um, surveyor to survey the title and draw up the two lot subdivision or three lot subdivision that you would be after. Um, the pl- you may need some other expert report reports as well. So you might need some heritage advice. Yep. Um, if your neighbours, you might need traffic advice, landscape plans, um, even architects. So you need plans for your new dwelling. Yep. Um, if you're looking to do a house as well mm-hmm. as just as the subdivision. So a whole range. Then is application fees to council. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if you get some object- objections from neighbours, you might need to go off to a planning court, so you'd need re- legal representation. Does that happen often? A lot. Okay. A lot, especially within Ballarat where there's heritage overlays and there's consideration to the yeah. streetscape and um, architecture and view lines of people. So so um, they, all they've got to say is I object and then it's to court. Yeah, on a small one like that, when you're only putting one in the backyard, you shouldn't. But, okay. you know, when people are cramming them in yep. you know which tends to happen they, they try to overcook and put three or five mm. units on at one site like that mm-hmm. um council is very supportive of infill and and development to take advantage of the re, you know existing resources and facilities yep so you should get support there yep. um yeah but um if you've got a thousand square meters yeah i'll be looking to do something with that okay time frame how does a time frame work with that like how long from um Look, you'd need three months to prepare your application and mm-hmm. then three to six months f- to get a planning permit off council. Yep. If you then get an objection, it's nine to 12 months at a planning court. So yes. that's the issue, the holding costs. Yeah, I was going to say, just yeah. to hold it over, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and yeah, I suppose I just said bumps in the road, like what can go wrong, but you sort of already sort of covered that. Um, 
do do you, so do you think it would be wise to buy right now or not yeah i i still think um ballarat um will be a bit immune to um you know this this softening um for the next few years in Ballarat, um, demand is still going to exceed supply. So I think there will still be some price growth. Yep. Um, and I think Ballarat as a city is really matured. I think COVID is a real game changer for the region. So I do believe um, there's going to be strong demand still for the regions moving forward um, over the next three to four years. Mm. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I, I'm confident in the city. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, we've, I'm we've got super confident in the city. I think it's going to be yeah, fantastic. Correct. You know, we've got events right now, and the food and wine, you know, drink culture is fantastic. Um, yeah. Do you have any favourite places to remember that you love going to, venturing to? Heaps. Yeah, go yeah, on, yeah. hit me hit with something you I like. I try to hit it. I try to. Yeah, I go, I go to many places. Coffee, I'm a bit of a coffee mad. 7 Eleven? So or? I've got. Um, <laughs> 7 Eleven. No, I, I sort of got. My, my go to is probably eclectic taste, and then oh, yeah. um, I like to go to Cobbs and. Espresso yep. and, yep. and share it around a bit, to be honest. And from um, restaurants' point of view, my all-time favourite was Catfish Thai, yeah, that um, which is it. now Mr Jones, which is still amazing. Yep, um, that's probably where we go to the most. And I actually haven't been there since they changed um, it, which was ages. How long ago was that? Two years, three years ago? Could have been yeah, more. It's probably a couple of years ago. Yeah, time flies, doesn't it? So yeah. yeah, you got a whole range of places we love. We love Thai, so yeah, yeah, okay. Um, what do you think about inner city living? Where do you think? Do you think that we we should be going more so up than out or not? So yeah, I, I think it's definitely um, needs to be looked at, and and um, it is challenging. You know, for some of those reasons you just raised before is is how long and and with some of the heritage and protection overlays is mm. how much you can do. So, yep. um, if you're looking at you know real densification of the CBD, that's confronting for some people too because it can erode your heritage okay. as well. Yep. So there's no doubt, though, that, um, you know, you know, coming off some of the European cities where they, you know, two or three levels and, yeah. and multiple families living in the one dwelling, you know, that's that's really new. Yep. So the great Australian dream is to own your own house and with a backyard and mm-hmm. some land, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so there's definitely a role for that for young, you know, large families. But um, I think from an affordability point of view, we need to be looking at one and two bedroom options. There's not a lot of that product being delivered, yep. um, especially close into town. Yeah, I just um, so it's definitely changing. I reckon. Like, I walk up and down Sturt Street, and I just sometimes number off all the places there that are just empty. And Above, I'm just like, geez, yeah, like yeah, it'd be incredible to. There's one actually across the road here. Uh, I think Speedy Dry Cleaner. Have you seen that one inside up no. the top? So I it was for sale, maybe. Could have been four years ago now, and they just had it up as an Airbnb. Gotcha. Incredible spot. And it yeah. looks awesome. And it's literally just there, straight upstairs. It's got its own separate entrance, yeah. but I just think... There's a couple of new projects that have just been, you know, coming through Ballarat now, Nightingale, and yeah. a new one approved. And um, what's, what's that one? What's that one all about? I haven't read much on it. I've heard about it. So Nightingale, Nightingale um, you know, is, is only a kilometre from the CBD. I think it's 27 apartments on... 2,000 square metres. Yep. Um, the apartments are all one or two bedroom, 35 square metres, you know, just quite compact, very affordable for people. Um, yep. um You know, really close to town. So it's, yeah, and co- and commu- communal laundry and, um, okay, yeah. you know, some of those sorts of things now. So there's, yeah, yeah we, we're looking at a whole range of product development where 
you know, some cool stuff we're looking at at the moment is Fonzie, the Fonzie flat, we call it, above, Fonzie you flat. know, a little one-bedroom apartment above the uh, uh, existing garage. Okay. Um, yeah, that's cool. You know, that can just be rented out to a student or young professional or something like that. Or, so put or it on even, top of your garage? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Fonzie, Fonzie flat. Fonzie flat. I don't write that down. Know, I've never so. heard that. Fonzie flat. Yeah. Um, um, it's pretty cool. We're, we've, we're, um, we're trialing a couple of those. We're building a couple at the moment. So one's rented out already. Um, are they expensive to build? No, yeah. not, not really, because no. you, you know you, the land's already been paid for for the garage, so you're really just going above it. Um, so we've got um, there's one being delivered out there now, and there's an 18 year old kid living in that. So they've got their own kitchenette, bathroom, very small lounge and, and bedroom. So wow, um, you know, really, yeah, kind of <laughs> cool. And that I think that's the way we've got to look at things a little bit differently. Yeah, um, but because um, cool, a lot of the product that gets delivered. Um, on the fringe is four bedroom, two living, large households. Yeah, as in the ones you're doing now, like at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, we we try to do a diversity of lot types so that we you know we get a, a, a first home buyer, mm-hmm. you know, young professional, a single mum with two kids, and then a, you know families, and then um, you know a grandmother or something. So we, we're trying to really create these different lot units. So we're creating um, a, a real community of different people, not just the same four-bedroom house but a lot of um the builders just deliver four-bedroom to to living because that's the one that everyone wants most of the time or not from an investment they're a better return yeah but there's there's demand for one or two bedrooms definitely there's one actually at um the end of mayor street there that had a little one bedroom down the bottom Mm. um next to yeah they put the billboard up there just the other day yeah Yeah, the one next door to that it's like a little one bedroom they got upstairs there yeah it's a pretty cool spot too yeah yeah Yeah. um i think people moving out of the city you know have got a real acceptance to that product whereas in ballarat it's not normal to us so yeah definitely it's something we're working on which um which way do you think the city's going to go? So like does is there like plans in place now? So have you, you guys as a, as a as a company, you obviously look at where the um the future heads for development. So yeah. are you looking at land now that goes out more so towards miners rest or more so towards Bland, um to buy up stuff like that and then you end up developing on that in years to come or how's that all work? Yeah, we we've sort of targeted as a company, we've sort of targeted the regional centres. Yep. Um, so we've got um, business in Geelong and, and Ballarat and, okay. um, you know, even down um, to sort of Geelong and down to the coast. So we, we like the regions. Yep. Um, we played down in Melbourne a little bit on the fringe. We st- we did some work down in Werribee back in the days. Yep. Um, but it was just too hot and fluctuated too much. So we like the regions. Um, Ballarat, yep, these centres are growing and they're growing faster than expected at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um um, so yeah, we're always looking at new growth areas and opportunities, and yeah. So how do you decide which way to go out? Like if you're gonna yeah, there's a whole range of growth planning you, you look at. So um, you got to look at you know what land service. Um, council does a lot of their growth planning, and they, and they they have maps that shows you where the long, medium to long term growth will be. Yep. Um, so yeah, we sort of study those maps a lot and. Going out um, Storeway, have you? Have you done anything out there? No, Store, not yet. Not, not right. No, yeah, we've, we've been introduced to a couple of opportunities, but a little bit too small for us just yet. But yep. yeah. Oh, flicking one through to me, mate. You can help yeah. me do something there, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's take it back to so you talked a bit about basketball and you got a passion for basketball. So you sit on the basketball board, do you, or the association here? Not anymore. I, I served two terms, so I'm now off the board there. So um, you, you got a term of three years. So I did six years. Six years, wow. Um, after my playing days. So. Yep. 
I, I predominantly grew up playing basketball in Albury Wodonga. So yep. I played for the Albury Wodonga Bandits up there. We were called Bandits. So <laughs> we played. We played against the Miners. Yep. Um, so I played up there for 15 years, and then um, it was 2001. I moved to Ballarat. Um, in 2000, Albury we won yep. that year our conference, and the Ballarat Miners won their conference. And we were supposed to play off in the national title. And um, that year was when ANSET collapsed, the airline. And oh. there was no flight. So it was never, decide, never decided who was the national champion back in those days. So, so let's put a line through it. Yeah. Uh, and then the year after, I moved to Ballarat and, and started playing here. So I played under Ray Borner and Paul Todorovic. And um, yeah. they were legend, legend guys. I loved it. I played two years and then retired. How um, do, how's that work with... That's, so that's professional is that you're working at the same time or not how's that all yeah work i was with? working yeah yeah okay. yeah, yeah no yeah i i worked um and it wasn't really professional the local players didn't get paid much back in those days okay so they get yeah, paid yeah. they paid now or not how's some of them yeah, yeah a lot of them do okay yeah yeah it's it's improved a lot so yeah I was gonna say, that's I've a second tier competition in australia so you've got the national league and then the miners play in the second tier what's that league called then the it's called nbl one now nbl one nbl one yeah yep. Right, not quite NBA, but it's not quite. You still love it. You still love basketball. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I get along, and you know we're really supportive of. I've got three girls, so um, we're really supportive of the girls' program. They play yeah, so the Ballarat Rush here. Awesome. Yeah, so I went down. And my wife game. played with the Rush years ago, and my daughters okay. come through through juniors. Yep. Yeah, we. I filmed a girl the other day, Abby. Wow. Uh, Warung. Yeah, Warung. Yeah, yeah, she's a great player. Yeah, she's really good. I think she went to Jordan yeah. or something the week after to play. Yes. Yeah, yeah, she made the Australian team. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Um, where do you see, so in, in a five to 10 year period, where do you see this town heading in terms of like size wise? So we're at like 110? 116. 116, are Yeah. There'll be census data coming out next year, so I'll be interested to see. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's one thing I think we need, need to do more of is, is plan for our you know, longer-term growth, have a longer-term vision for what does this city look like yep. um, at 150, 200,000. You know, Geelong's now 300,000 people, so, um, you know, the Ballot will eat, can, can easily get to 150, 200,000. So what does that look like? I think um, there needs to be a lot more work done on that, mm-hmm. the infrastructure and services. We've got, obviously, amazing health and schools here, like amazing compared to where I grew up, to, grew up in Albury. Yep. So I think all the bones here are, are really good and the architecture and the heritage is great and it needs to be protected. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it, yeah, we've sort of explained it's, it, in our view, it's it's like a tidal wave is coming from Melbourne and we need to be ready for that and plan for that growth. Yeah. Because if you don't plan for it, then you do get sprawl. Mm. Um, we're more about let's, let's master plan and be ready for it um, and have well-managed, you know, um, Good, good growth. Yeah. Are we missing anything in Ballarat, you reckon? Is there anything that you like? Um, uh, no, I, I think um, Ballarat is an amazing city. Yeah, um, so I. I think, yeah, it's become such an attraction for people. Um, you're really vibrant. Um, heaps of opportunities here. Young professionals are hanging around now, raising yep. families here. I think, mm. I think uh, yeah, they'll continue to thrive. Definitely. I did have one uh, property I, was, I, re- I did write down so you might know what's happening here. What's happening with the old sale yards? You know the old sale yards? Yeah. Yeah, council's um, doing some strategic planning work on that at the moment of, of what that could be. So, um, 
yeah, there's a whole range of ideas that people have thrown at them. I, I don't think any decisions have been made. So they've been cleaning up the site. You know, mm. there's some old contamination there that um, they're dealing with that. So trying to clean that up. And then I think I think there's some great ideas to go there. There's some challenges with some of the industrial buffers. So it's it's mm. what can go there while protecting the existing industries that surround it. So that is the challenge. Um, it is perfectly located to sort of service that growing Ballard mm. West. What do, you, um, what do you think should go there? Yeah, I, I, I'd lobbied for another, you know, um, I'm sports mad, so I think we could have a, you know, um, the the football and netball teams out that way, another another indoor sports facility, oh, yeah. tennis, hockey. Yep. I, I think it could be another amazing. It's big um, enough. But it, that could be underutilising a site, you know, it could need some built form on it um, yep. that could really activate the area and, and rejuvenate it. Um, Yep. Could be another, you know, retail strip. Um, it, it's it's really tricky to know. Hospital? Um, Will they do another hospital here or not? Amazing spot for hospital. Yep. Um, probably perfect location. Challenges with buffers. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Stuff on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, in your opinion, what's the uh, best suburbs in in Ballarat? Like, what's the, if if someone comes to Ballarat and you said this is probably the, the primo like mm. I would say this is the best suburb in Ballarat what do you think look the best advice I ever got within property and when I've moved around a little bit is to buy in a street with big trees big trees like what you know, Webster like Street type of thing Webster 80 to 100 year old trees um, is you know generally the the best um, property um, from my experience and, and you think about when I go back through Albury back in the day yeah, some great streets here. You know, here in Ballarat, Webster, Nar Street, you know, um, some of those. Why? why? What was the... Um, I think... Good people. You know, there's, there's a feeling of, you know, being founded and um, and established. And your eye goes off the house and it, it goes to the streetscape um, a little bit more than... You know, that, that's one of our challenges out in, in the growth areas is, you know... People, people sort of say, oh, I don't like your housing, but we, we, the trees need 10 years to get up and grow. When you walk around the CBD here, you know, yep. it's amazing. And you have all these, you know, old townhouses, rows of townhouses. Your eye, your eye doesn't see that because you've got the beautiful old trees. So, mm. um, yeah, I, lo- I love a, a street tree where the canopies touch and, and you drive through. So that, that's, that's, yeah, a, that's yeah, one that's little piece of advice. So the same, same thing is like, what do they say? Buy the most, I suppose that's for renovators, buy... What do they say? Buy the most, ex- the worst house in the most expensive street. Yes. Yeah, that's yep. the old zone, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like that. Um, let's get some on with some questions, mate. I'm not take up too much of your time. We've got a big day ahead of you. Where are you actually at Melbourne now or not? Ah, uh, just after lunch. Yeah, after not lunch, too bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm good. Awesome. Um, what's something that something people would be surprised to know about you? Surprised to know about me? Uh, hmm. Yeah. Did Vic send these to you or not? Yep, sorry. Yep, we right. were talking about this the other night. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, as far as I know, um, the, uh, my last name is Grilovich and I think our family is the only Grilloviches in Australia. Bullshit. Yep. Where's your mum and dad from? Um, so my, my dad was born in Poland. So, yep. yeah, my, my grandparents escaped the war. Um, oh. And my dad was four years old and um, they came out to Australia and they were sent to the Bonagilla migrant camp up in Wodonga. And my grandfather was a doctor and um, 
Within two weeks of arriving in Australia, he was sent off to Castlemaine to work as a lumberjack. Hmm. And a tree fell on him and he died within two weeks of arriving in Australia. So Jody. my nan had um, my dad and his sister, um, yep. young siblings, and um, and they had to sort of, you know, establish themselves in Australia. And um, so, yeah, my um, my dad then married my mum, obviously, um, and I'm one of three boys. Um, my mum's sister had three girls. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's four of us right now, um, and my brothers... My two brothers and I, we've all had seven granddaughter, uh, seven ch- girls. Seven girls. Yeah, so poor mum. You know, mum just wanted to put a dress on us boys growing up and then we've yeah. now gone and had seven granddaughters for her. Um, but then a, a couple of years ago, my older brother, um, you know, 10 years in between kids, um, yep. so, um, had little James. So I've got a little nephew now. Wow. So James... The name lives on. ...is the only one. Yeah, so the James will... Only one that lives on. Isn't that crazy? They, you never know these guys. The girls are that strong. You know, they they may keep their own, may keep well, their I was going to say the old hyphen name. Yeah, so, the old hyphen name. Yeah, as far as we know, we're the only gorilla bitches in Australia, um, <laughs> and we sort of yeah follow up the last twenty years. Yeah, right. Yeah, don't mind that. That's not a bad fact. Mm. Um, what's something that you love most apart from family, and probably apart from basketball? Sure. Yeah. Um, love the water. To be honest, yeah, as I said, beach. I touched on, yeah, anywhere, yeah, okay. I love the river, yeah, I love the beach, I love the pool, just swimming pool, yeah, I, I find it, the water really rejuvenating and refreshing, you know, when I'm stressed or something like that, I get in the water and it's amazing how it yep. can just rejuvenate you, and mm-hmm. especially the river, I love the river, um, and you know, Cheryl Bath does that too, but for yep. me, yeah, water is something that I just like to go and find if I can, if Yep. Um, you, have you been on like a kayak or something on Lake Wanderee? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I try to do spend a little bit of time up yeah, there on some paddle boards and stuff. Do you think they... I, I looked at... Um, it'd be really cool to have like those... You know, things in Melbourne they have going down uh, down the river there. It's like... Yeah. What do you call them? You know the ones I'm talking about? Like the, yeah, like a little... Um, uh, yeah, I know what you saw. Talking four outside. or five people in there. You have like yep. a little picnic. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be really cool for probably six months of the year here, but yeah, that'd be cool to have on on yeah. the lake. I reckon. Yeah, it'd be good to see you know the lake return to life again soon mm. as well. We used to see a bit of activity there. Yeah, yeah. I so saw someone to... capsize it though, actually. Yeah, yeah. On the old uh, yacht, or whatever, not yacht, whatever you call them, little sailboat. Yeah, capsized. so we used to go in there, and yeah, I don't feel the cold very, very much. So I yeah, I love jumping in the in the pool even in winter. You know. Jeez, yeah, no way. Do you have a heated pool? You got a no. No, no. Uh, it's yeah. got to be headed for me or nothing. Yeah. What are you most afraid of? For me, uh, yeah, I'm a shocker for spiders, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not it's scared of too many things. Same thing. Um, I'm a shocker. Mono was the exact same. Yeah. Spiders. Yeah. Snakes? Yeah. I, get, I, I, get, I get snakes? No, not scared of too much else, yeah. I get the girls to go on a, yeah, a spider around. Or I get weird. a, a, a big shoe. common answer. Yeah. yeah it's, it's weird. I don't know. I grew up with a lot of redbacks. Yeah, okay. Uh, up in Albury. So, Did you um, ever get bitten? No, nah, not really, no. No, but they're just everywhere in our backyard back home. So. I don't know why the fear is so instilled yeah. in us. It's really strange. Yeah. Um, what's something someone has said to you in your life that has never left you? Yeah, um, I, I think it's be relentless in your pursuit of, you know, happiness and, and, and you know, what you're passionate about. So that's something you know, I think I've always 
been instilled in me. I've got a good work ethic, so I, I just work and work for work for what makes you happy. Yeah. Who said that to you? Was that just something yeah, you come up with? Yeah, it's um, probably come through from my grandfather and mm-hmm. um, family. Yeah. Yep. Hence the reason you sort of want to go back to school for the architecture stuff, for the happiness? Yeah, I think um, sort of ongoing learning is important. Um, I don't think, you know, we should finish school and, and that's it. Mm. Um, we see it with the kids now. You know, they move around to jobs, different jobs, and they're so much more transient. We are. We sort of stick to something for so long and yep. what we know. And I think it's important to sort of test yourself. And it's like we stop learning. It's weird. You think every year when you're younger, you know, from one to two to three to four, everything changes. You know, like it's always yeah. something new, 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 new. Yeah. And then we just stop. Yeah, you get into a rut and yeah. you get comfortable. Yeah, yeah which is exactly right. Yeah. It seems like not Groundhog Day, but you go to work and you do your thing there but there's no like really leveling up you podcast you're a podcaster like listen to yeah yeah who you listen to i I like listening to um impact theory um you know just has on a a whole range of amazing people um everything from sport to business and um so yeah i get a lot of inspiration Uh, i i'm quite driven and i'm easily motivated so you know, I'll be listening to something and then, that, yeah, I'm off. You know, Ticks my you. mind's going, yeah. Are you one of those guys that does like, all of a sudden you're a bike rider and you're doing six months hard at bike riding, you grab all the gear, you grab the new bike and off you go and then after that you sort of like move on something else? Is that you? Uh, to a degree, to a degree, yeah. Um, uh, probably, the yeah, last 12 months have been a bit interrupted with, yeah. with all that. Um, I've been just so busy and then, you know, in my downtime, I'm I'm trying to have some balance and keep fit and clear the mind. Mm. You know, so been doing more work on that yep. these days. Awesome. Um, do you have any mentors or people you really look up to? So it doesn't have to be someone you know. It might be someone in the states, or it just might be someone around town. Or yeah, uh, I, I tap into a whole heap of people. So um, financially, fitness, and um, you know through work so yeah i'm lucky that i get exposed to a lot of different consultants and different people with expertise so yep. tap into all them um podcasts yeah i yep. think um youtube's amazing for just mm. um tapping Everything's into a different range as i said um any yeah. names got any names for me Anyone um, names? i like the old school stuff a lot of it um i've got a bit been into um just because I, you know, I need to work on the fitness a bit, so I've gone in a bit of Goggins at the moment. David Goggins, isn't he yeah, a heavy man? Yeah, a bit of SAS stuff, which it's I crazy. Like. Yeah, between just before you came on, I was pumping out push-ups out there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah <laughs> That's I, what he's I like. like. Him. Um, <laughs> you know, just. Uh, Did you listen to his Joe Rogan podcast? Yeah, it's awesome. Yep. Insane. Yeah, and the part about the was that on Joe Rogan when he talks about the burpees? They left the guy at the back doing burpees. Do you hear that uh, one? They were at a training, like an SAS thing. Yeah. And they had the, um, the guy was doing, they told this guy to go out the back and do burpees. And they forgot about him and left him there overnight. Oh. And they got went back there the next morning. He was still doing still burpees. Yeah. yeah. Just that sort He's of done, crazy like, mentality. Yeah, some, I love some of those stories. Mental callous. That's yeah. what he says yeah, yeah. all the time. Um, who do you want to see on the podcast next? Yeah, I was going to say, um, you know, Kate Davis, um, mm. who's doing some amazing work locally. But, um, you know, kind of the power couple, you know, her, her partner, Luke Dunn, um, is amazing as well. Luke, Luke sort of taught, yeah. taught me. Um, he, he was at Ballet Basketball when I first arrived, and Luke taught me the true value of community, um, you know, volunteering and, and what you what you put in, you get back in spades. So yeah. 
those two are those two are amazing. I, I really like what um, Craig Skeppy's doing around town with okay. homelessness. And, yeah, I um, haven't haven't met him yet. And then um, yeah, um, Michelle Steenhouse is pretty uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, she's on my uh, list too. Uh, I think uh, I, I'd like to tap into her mind. Definitely. Yeah, she's had. I think she's had some pretty cool experiences, Michelle. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I, I will get her on though, actually, especially after just having a kid. She'd be, yeah. be interesting to see her mindset yeah. and how everything, if yeah. everything sort of changed. Uh, anything else you want to leave listeners with, mate? Not really. No? No. Appreciate no. you coming on. Yeah. Thanks no so worries. much. It's been no, a while. Good to see you. We'll have to do a session soon. It's been too long, hasn't it? It's been probably yeah. two and a bit years. Yeah. Nah, it's more. Been that long, has it, really? Yeah, it would be two and a half. Wow. It could be three years. No. Yeah. COVID's 18 months. 20 yeah. months so, so yeah look at it that way yeah been training in ho- from home with Michelle so mm. um, yeah, yeah long time been too long yeah thanks mate right, appreciate mate. your time great appreciate it thanks Thank very you. much cheers thanks for tuning in team once again would appreciate any reviews you've got down below have a great day <laughs>